0: Okay, I don't really know what I'm going to put in for the intro, but Hello! Welcome to Put a Pin in It Podcast. Welcome to future me, basically, and friends, if you tuned in. I'm Andrea, and this is my podcast. So, this podcast is basically just a healthy place to put my thoughts and feelings and whatever things that I've been kind of putting a pin in and I need a hash out. So I just feel like mental health really needs to be talked about. And for me, sometimes I do have a therapist and I do have a psychiatrist and I do have a ton of lovely friends, but I find talking out loud can be really therapeutic as well. And I just need all the support I can get. So why not talk to myself? Um, Also, I feel like mental health just needs to be talked about in general. And I know that I struggle with my mental health, just like many people do so hopefully talking about it makes it a little less taboo Um, for a little context i am in my early 20s and i'm a student studying sustainable agriculture i also work part-time in an art studio and i'm living in vancouver with my family also i have a lot of lovely friends that i'm really thankful for and i'm christian as well i love food and just everything about food honestly I'll be releasing an audio clip or a podcast for every month, I would say, but maybe a little more depending how busy I am. And the structure of this podcast is it's gonna kind of start off with a little story um, for about the theme of that episode. And then I'll just say any announcements I have. Honestly, don't know what announcements I would really have, but you know, we'll leave that in there just in case I do. And I'll have my little chat, you know, give my two cents on things, what's been up on my mind. And I'll probably just summarize everything with like a main point or a few main points at the end of the podcast. Okay. So without further ado, here is the first episode of Put a Pin in It. And I've just decided to use that little jingle I just came up with as a little break in between things. So this is what we have to work with. Enjoy. Enjoy. Growing up in Toronto, there was a decent amount of snow, I would say. And when it would snow, the kids would race to the schoolyards to roll out snowballs. And those snowballs we would use to build forts. Essentially, you would make a circle out of ginormous snowballs, almost like a wall, to create a fort. And naturally, kids started to create their own plans with snow forts, and there were rivalries. Kids would be careful to watch out for their snowballs because if you weren't careful, another child would steal your snowball and roll it into their own fort. The bigger the snowball, the more valuable it was. So kids would camp out at lunchtime and after school to keep watch over their precious real estate. I'm just sharing the story to just kind of warm up the idea of winter and the idea of seasons. I've always loved the seasons. I love autumn, winter, spring, and summer. I love the different colors, textures, smells, and sights. I love how each one comes with its own festivities and activities, and how winter is known for hibernation, spring is known for just new life, and summer is known for play. So in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about seasons and in specifically kind of respecting the idea of different seasons in my own life. I personally struggle a lot with that idea, the idea of embracing seasons and embracing different goals and different festivities and different activities based off the different seasons. As some of you know, I struggle with depression. And if I take an honest look in my life, I know that I'm in the season of winter, a season of rest. However, my brain keeps telling me and bringing me down and judging me for not behaving like it's summer, for not going out more, for not playing harder, working harder. But the reality is, is that some days I need rest. And in fact, most days I need rest. Now, when it comes to myself, I'm definitely my own hardest critic. I judge myself harder than I judge anything or anyone else. I beat myself up comparing myself to the past self the version of me that didn't struggle nearly as much with depression. I compare the number of hours I can study nowadays to the hours I used to spend. I compare my slower mornings to the fast-paced 6am wake-up days where I used to go to the gym before school even began, or how I used to meal prep all my meals so well that they could be on a Pinterest board. Yet now I grab the quickest thing I can get my hands on to fill my stomach. But would you question why a bear isn't playing in a creek when it's the middle of winter, or shame a flower into not blooming when it's the middle of January? No, because that would be really silly, right? So I'm trying to spot when I'm being silly and kind of asking these nonsense things of myself. And here are some ways that I've been doing so. Number one, should statements. The word should is a judging word. I learned this in therapy. It's when you're judging the state of something and questioning why it's not something else. For myself, these should statements imply that I'm not enough as is, that I should be more, and that what I already am is not enough. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm all for self-improvement, but I don't believe that motivation should come from shame. See how I use the word should here? The should imply that something was incorrect and that something was wrong, and how cruel it is to be always telling yourself that you aren't enough and who you are is wrong. So I'm not really an expert and it's possible that people could just use should statements in a positive light. But for me, I just know that when I use should, it also means shame. So I'm trying not to use the word should and catching myself when I'm in the headspace of shame. Number two, comparison. I talked about this one a bit already, but I know that I'm being way too hard on myself when I'm counting up the numbers and comparing myself to before. For some people, this might work as a way of positive motivation, but for someone who really struggles with depression, it can be counterproductive to compare yourself to an unrealistic version of yourself. Now, I'm not saying that I can't do the things I used to do when I wasn't depressed. However, things take time, and by focusing on the lack of, it really discourages me. Instead, I think that realistically, I can keep some comparisons. I think it would be nice if I could just take them all away, but I can't really wipe away the memories of who I used to be and take away the ambition in me to become better, which maybe is good. But I think a realistic strategy is to tie it in with some celebration. I need to notice when I'm making progress, even if it is small. Maybe I'm not exercising five days a week anymore, but maybe I did a light workout today. And that's bringing me in the direction I desire. And that's something to be proud of. A lot of you have read this book called Atomic Habits. And there was this one part in the book where this man had made a goal of exercising more and going to the gym more. And what he did is he went to the gym for five minutes every day and he just went there and he just sat there. He didn't really do anything, but he was trying to build up the habit of just going to the gym. And I think as I'm kind of rebuilding some habits right now, I need to remember that showing up is already a lot. So making celebrations out of small things is really important to me. Number three. Listening to my body. Now, this one was really hard for me to learn, but with lots of time and practice, I began to pick up on cues in my body. In specific, I pay attention to the feelings of tiredness or hopelessness. Now, the idea of listening to your body when you're tired may seem like a simple one, but it's actually quite difficult for me because my mood and my medications can really mess with my sleep. Sometimes I get plenty of rest yet still fall asleep in active conversations. Other times, I feel like I'm okay to function, and then I completely crash later on. I guess it's hard for me to listen to my body sometimes when my mood and my medications are kind of giving mixed signals. So I found just identifying hopelessness along with tiredness to be a really good signal to tell me, do I need more rest or can I keep going? When I'm truly tired, I get very hopeless. My body starts to give way and I start not enjoying anything. Now, this isn't really a concrete rule because sometimes I get tired and I don't feel hopeless or sometimes I'm not that tired and I do feel hopeless. But in general, when I'm hopeless, it's because I do need more rest. And I wonder if this is the case with other people as well. Maybe when they're tired or when they're truly tired, they start feeling angry. Or maybe when they're truly tired, they just start feeling sad and hopeless like I do. Um, I think our emotions are really tied together. So I encourage anyone else who's really struggling with identifying when you need rest to kind of pair it with another feeling. So to recap this episode, there are different seasons. And if you're someone who is really hard on themselves, remember that sometimes you may be in winter and it's okay to behave like it is in summer. Look for when you're being unreasonable with yourself. And my top ways in doing so are to look for should statements, comparison, and listening to my body by pairing it with two emotions. That wraps up my first episode of Put a Pin in It. I hope you enjoyed because that was pretty therapeutic for me. I don't know if everything made sense, but, you know, I'm still figuring things out. And as I talk in these episodes, hopefully I'll be able to untangle some thoughts and feelings and maybe make a little bit more sense as time goes on.